Welcome, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Why do they hate Miranda? You're listening to I Couldn't Help But Podcast. Carrie is the fucking worst. An unofficial Sex in the City podcast. Hosted by Joe Daniel Montalongo and Paige Clarno. Charlotte, shut the fuck up. Um, what am I listening to? Sick. What up, everybody? What's up, everybody? What's up? <laughs> How are you all doing today? How's it going? Did I already peek? I'm sitting as far away as I can from this. Yeah, you're peeking. <sighs> it's like high school all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that mysterious laugh that we hear? <laughs> Who is it, Joe? Well, first, let's do a relationship update. Well, should we, though? Yes. I feel like everyone should do a relationship update. That's There's this girl in my life. Oh, really? Is it yes. me? No. Oh. Well, then I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. What's up? I've known her since third grade. She was super cool. My mom calls her Chanana. Because at first she couldn't pronounce her name, but now it's just the joke. And then she brought everyone to tears at her sixth grade graduation. When she sang Hero by Mariah Carey. Yeah, I was one of the people that was sobbing. <laughs> and then ever since then, she's just been like one of my closest friends of all time. Like probably top two. <gasps> That's cute. Who no, is- hold on. Oh, don't recalculate. Just go. Well, I said top two, but then I forgot that my family is like a part of it. Because no, like, no. no, they are. They are absolutely. Separate category. Yeah, separate no, category. they're my best friends. I really. Yeah, because your mom is your best friend. Awesome. Introduce your guest, Joe. Anyways. I'll let her introduce herself. I love her a lot. <laughs> oh, well, hi, I'm Siobhan. Hi, Siobhan. Hi. Sounds like an AA meeting. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of all you need to know. My name's Siobhan. What do you do? Where are you from? What amazing things are you capable of? And how's your love life? But answer that one last. Oh, well, those are some, like, loaded questions. Um, I don't have all night, so I'm just trying to keep this short. I'm, well, I'm originally from Portland, Oregon, but I moved here when I was nine, and that's when I, actually, when I was eight. Yeah, and that's when I met Sir Joe over here um, um, at Lincoln Park Elementary School in Mrs. Gilmore's class. Ew! I know! I was in Mrs. Gilmore's class. No, were you not? No. Oh, we had the same reading class together. Yes. That's what it was, and then, yeah, we've just, like, become friends. I was like, oh, gotta be friend like the gay brown boy, and, yeah, that's where, that's where we're at. Um, I have been out of Reno for, what, going on six years now? Yeah. Left for college been to a couple states moved to florida after college graduation hated it came back for two months and then i left for new zealand and that's where i've been for the last <laughs> five months and um <laughs> yeah then i'm leaving again to and amsterdam to amsterdam in a couple weeks because mm, why not she also does a bunch of softball and that's literally what she picked up for new zealand oh yeah just that's the only reason i've been able to like leave reno is because of softball also siobhan's probably the only reason that i travel anywhere True that. Like, I'm either, either going to go visit her somewhere or she's like, I'm going to go do this trip. And I was like, I'm coming. Yeah. Literally, yeah. like I, when I moved back to Reno from Florida, I was like, oh yeah, I have to, I'm in a wedding in North Carolina because that's where I used to live. Um, and then I'm just going to drive back. And he kind of just invited himself. He's like, oh, do you want like, so-? he did it. Joe was like, do you want um, like company on your, on your drive back? I was like, um, sure. Like if you want to fly all the way out here, he's like, like, sure. Like where are you stopping along the way? Dope. Okay, I'll meet you in Nashville. And I was like, okay. And then he just like met me in Nashville. And it was one of the greatest fucking vacations of my life until the final day where me and Siobhan literally thought one, we were going to kill each other, two, slip into a vortex and die. So yeah, I it was hard. I, we drove for a week from Nashville. It was a whole week road from trip. Nashville to Des Moines. 
No, no. we stopped somewhere else. Uh, we were in Iowa. That's no, but I can't remember Ames. Ames. That's where Iowa State is at. Oh, go yes. visit my second favorite male of all time. Did we do another stop along the way? Uh, then we stopped in Denver. I thought there was one more, but nope. I'm tripping. Nashville. So it was uh, 10 hours from Nashville to Ames, 10 hours from Ames to Denver, and then 15 hours from Denver to Reno. And just to clarify, I knew that the drive from Denver to Reno was going to be miserable and I was going to want to kill him because I want to kill myself when I make that drive. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't like road tripping with other people, but... She didn't say this to me when I was like, hey, do you want some company? She was like, sure, yeah. I was like, yeah, sure, if you want to come. I mean... I could have flown out of Denver. But, you know, in my head, I was I was just thinking, you know, this is really going to test our friendship, and if we can get through this, I, like, know you're going to be here for life. And I was really just looking forward to that challenge. And look, we came out the we side... Did. We came out the other side stronger than ever. Come she on. She wanted to drop me off at my house, and then she was like, oh, okay, so, like, we're going to do this. I was like, I'm not going to see you again <laughs> for, like, a whole week. For a week. I cannot see you. And she <laughs> was, like, upset. I mean, I was a little offended, but I was like, okay, that's fair. Cool. All right. Fine. Yeah, fine. Now, you fill us in. How's your life? What are you up to? What's the 411? What's the hot goss? What's your relationship update? Holy mother of God. That's a lot. Um, I'm going to introduce myself to people that know my friends, and then they're like, your friend's really intense. Yeah, it's true. But it's the people who can answer it that I know they can fuck with. That's true. It's a good, like... Mm Mm-hmm. So I just um, came back from one of those kind of trips. It was a Vegas trip, and it was... Absolutely 15%. Absolute 15. 15. 15. We're going to break it down because I'm bad at math. Um, (laughs) It was 50% like super off, awesome, wonderful, fantastic, and 50% just an absolute shit show. So like you really get, you do, like you guys were saying, you get tested on friendships by spending a lot of time together. And I, yeah, this one was one for the books, and that's all I'm going to say about that. I um, went off on my own a lot until I got potentially attempted sex trafficked a couple of times on the strip, and I was like, you know what? I'm going back to my hotel room because oh I don't want to die. So um, it was interesting, but I got to meet up with my buddy Gus, who eventually will be on this podcast. Um, and he's great, and it was fun to do that. I went to my favorite sushi restaurant that I haven't been to in two years, mm-hmm. and I was sushi. so excited. Like, seriously, my friends were, like, gawking at Gus and I. They are like, you're going to – you're ordering again? You're going to order another another yeah, roll? Bitch. And I'm like, we will be here all day. <laughs> you all can leave if you want to, but – we're ordering at least three more rolls each. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And we're maybe not sharing them. And Oh god, it was so it was so great. They had yellowtail, belly, sushi, nigiri, yuzu tobacco, which is so good. Shout out. It's so good. And so yeah, it was fun. It was fun kind of doing the old haunts. I went to the Sprinkles Cupcake ATM. And got out a cupcake for Stacy because it's her birthday today, and actually, technically, it'll be tomorrow. So happy belated birthday! As happy of this belated, Aaron. Stace. We're drinking um, in your honor, but also to forget about our regrets. Truth. Um, and I feel bad because my future roommate had to deal with getting us our new apartment this weekend. I was like, yeah. So, um, 
I'm going to Vegas. I don't have time to secure this apartment. So I'm going to throw some money at you and you're going to take care of it. Thanks. Thanks. I felt really bad about it, but he, he adulted right up and I just had to go there to drop off some stuff. Um, God bless you. So, so yeah, so he, he was there for me. It's going to be fine. We have a space in the apartment to podcast, so everything's going to be okay. So it's going to be 20% less echoey soon. <laughs> what? We're upgrading. Yeah. We're having a podcast glow up. I was just going to say glow up. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I like the concept of traveling together with people you care about is a test. and it's, It is a test. Because me and Shalyn go on trips all the time, and every single time we're going to kill each other. But then we also get great conversations that I always come back and talk about on this podcast. I'm like, oh, I didn't even register that that was a thing. Who mm-hmm. is Talon? Uh, he's good. He's a cutie patootie. He is. Bitch. I love him. So, yeah. It's easier with him and his mom's family and then with his dad's family and just the dynamic's completely different. <gasps> and I fucked up and I wanted to tell you this live on air. Oh, um, no. So, his mom's family dynamic is weird. So, his mom's best friend is usually what they do with the family thing. So, when I say his family, it's like them. Mm-hmm. And her daughter-in-law just had a baby so everyone's super excited about that. So everyone goes over to her house because they're the... His baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when we were all leaving, because it was me, him, and his mom leaving at the same time, the girl who had the baby was like, oh, she had the baby, and they were both talking to me. And then she was like, oh, and you're around here often enough. You and Sheldon have been together. Like, you can... You're, we'll call her... We'll talk to our baby that you're her uncle. Aww. And you can be the fun uncle. And then I just looked at her and I was like, uh, and then she, and then she added the part about the fun uncle and I was like, oh, sick. And that's all I did. And then I was like, tell me to get to the car. And then there was little things that watched us from getting to the car. And we finally got into the car. I was like, I fucked up and I'm very sorry. And I don't know sick. how to, I don't know how to come back from it. Cause she essentially was like, here's this thing to let you know. Yeah. We, like, we, we love you. Family. We enjoy you. And you're like, sick. And we're going to make you a part of our daughter's family, which we don't need to do. And you're, we're going to reference her. We're going to reference you as her uncle. And I was like, sick. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm an idiot. You're a millennial. Like it's okay. I just don't. I was like. <laughs> I feel like that's a Joe response, though. It is. I would they actually, don't know me well enough for it. I mean, yeah. But like like, like how you introduce yourself to people and ask those questions, that's just you. Yeah. Like literally, if I were to say that to you, I feel like that's the exact answer. Sick. 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 Dope. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Great. Girl. Girl. But it was just, I'm like, uh, I could have done a lot better. Please tell your Caucasian family that I'm sorry for who I am. <laughs> They're fine. They embrace you. Just, like, get out. Oh, shit. I'm leaving. I can't come back. Triggered. Triggered. I'm, I'm like, I cannot get any more white, and what I'm you, still. What are you responding to? I'm very, very excited by my ha- so-called life. Yes, you okay. have. <laughs> Where did yeah. you find those? Do you know this is a story we're taking? I love that. Forget show. Sex in the City. Fuck Sex in the City. No, have no. you fucking so, seen my so-called life? No. Baby so, Jared yeah. Leto. Yeah. Gross. So hot. My that particular box set is from the beginning. Like there was an ad on the internet on some random web page that's just like the My So Called Life box set. You can't get this anywhere else, and it comes with a bonus DVD. And I was like, "Shut the hell up, give it to me." And I ordered it, and it did not come for months. I know. And when it arrived, it was the best thing ever. And they're like, "We're running a little behind on getting out the bonus disc. We'll definitely get it to you." 
two years <gasps> later. Are you kidding? <laughs> I get this package and I'm like, I didn't order a book from Amazon because this is how old my so called life is. <laughs> it is. It was, came out in 1994. Yeah. I was, it like it's opened up and it was one of the best days of my life when that bonus disc came. So is the bonus disc like totally worth it? I have no idea what's on it. Oh, <laughs> I don't remember anymore. She's like, at that no. point it was over. <laughs> I, no, I watched it and I loved it. I remember at the time, but then I was just like, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I, have no, I have no idea. It doesn't even go with the box. That, like, that's no, it doesn't. It's it just, just its own thing. I'm yeah. surprised there's so many. It's only, there's only one season. There's, yeah, it was, um, I think technically it was like a season and one. like one third and oh, then so they, they just canceled it oh it's tragic oh, it tragic. was a good show it was a great show every christmas i will go and was find it two episodes long uh, uh maybe no uh, no because no. i think it no. they all, they had six discs but it was because all, it was longer no they're all like one hour episodes mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah one hour episodes i remember they used to like air them on the end at mm-hmm. like midnight and i was the on the end yeah and i would stay up or i would just record them all and i'm not even joking after they stopped airing it every christmas for a couple of years i would find the christmas episode it's so on, good it's so good the christmas episode is so good yeah it is because her best friend's gay and like it's, he gets like well I don't want to ruin it well, nobody's nobody gonna watch the show anyways yeah but he, he gets kicked out of his house for like being gay and he's like homeless during Christmas oh. for a while it was so sad and they're like in high school Ricky Vasquez he was pretty <laughs> beautiful it's so beautiful no he's so sweet yeah no I'm not kidding you like that that particular character and the actor who played him he's great and how everything was portrayed like I felt for him like I would probably still cry if I met him I, in I person, think, yeah, I, think I would. I, I think I probably I would get teary eyed. Start your my so called podcast. <laughs> there's only like there's literally only one season. That's what makes it so good. It's, it's like such, a limited series. It's such a good show. Like I'm actually depressed that they didn't continue. I don't know why they didn't. Yeah, because it's gorgeous. And Claire Danes is so great. I love her. I never remember what Claire Danes looks like. Because she look, she's pretty. I know that she's pretty, mm-hmm. but she she has she's, no special features. No, she doesn't. And I always yeah. think she is Gwyneth Paltrow's twin. But then I look at them and I'm like, I can see the similarity. But it's when like she when she like. has blonde hair, but when she does not have blonde hair, she does she not, not have look, blonde hair. So she dyes her hair red in this TV show. The very first episode, so yeah. no spoilers. But really. Yeah, but she's naturally. If blonde. it's older than twenty years, we can spoil it. Yeah. That's well, I think I think in like the preview, they like give that away that she dyes it because you see yeah. it from because you episodes. see the transition. Yeah, and she clearly does only has blonde hair. Like for like a millisecond mm-hmm. yeah it's only the f- literally the first scene this is how much i love the show is that i can remember like the the, the dialogue's yeah. in my head right now and i'm like yep 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 That's there it is it's definitely one of the so when ryan graf said that i needed to change my hair i had to listen i know it it's in my head it's so bad it's <laughs> so, so bad that is so great oh man <laughs> i'm calling the police my whole year is amazing thank you it's only april yeah, mm-hmm. did it. Let's get into a garbage episode of Sex in the City, right. shall we? Must. All right. So, um, which dumb girl do we want to talk about first? No, mm-hmm. first we need to recap it because oh, recapping. So this is, this is um, season three, episode ten, All or Nothing. If you were bringing on movie. <laughs> was it actually All or Nothing? Yeah, it's what we watched last night. Boom. This week was just tied for us to be together. I know. <laughs> Love it. So Carrie has a hard time juggling Aiden and Mr. Big at the same time. It's a really awkward sentence, by the way. So who's ever writing these synopses? No, thank you, Mr. Big. Right? She doesn't know words. Um, And Charlotte plays hardball with Trey's mother, Bunny. I mean, she does it. I. I like. It literally took two seconds. You didn't even watch the conversation. Yeah, she was just really hot about it. 
So um, <laughs> I feel like since Miranda wasn't mentioned, we should start with Miranda. Let's start with Miranda. So Miranda is um, going on a date with a lawyer from her Chicago office, which not a good idea to shit where you eat, but whatever. Um, I'm just saying. I hate that phrase. I've never liked that phrase. I love that phrase because it's so categorically true. Like you should absolutely not be sticking your pen in the company ink or whatever, however you want to say it. Have you ever had sex with someone who you work with? No. Have you ever had sex with someone you work with? No. Have you? I'm trying to think about it. Yeah. I've had a lot of jobs. I've um I've went on one date once with someone who was my supervisor and was soon to be not my supervisor. Oh, and it was I don't I, to this day I don't even know if it was really a date. But it was on Valentine's Day and it was at that expensive Italian restaurant in El Dorado, that's so I feel like that's a date. That's, that's a date. 100% if it's Italian, it's a date. Yeah. I that's what I, I feel like, think right? If it's Italian food, it's a date. Literally, I that's feel like that true. always happens. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I'm guessing that that's Italian is where he took her on the date, um, Miranda, because they totally hit it off. They're making out and it's all like sexy time, but they're not going to have sex at her door. And he says that he'll call her. Which leads into a lot of scenes with phone sex, which I don't like talking on the phone at all. And so the idea of phone sex, I'm like, this is so awkward. I admire people who can do it. That whole scene was weird. Like, the whole dynamic was really weird to me. Mm -hmm. Because, one, he said that, he's like, oh, if um, I didn't have to, like, leave for Chicago at, like, 11 tomorrow... I guess. Yeah. I and like, you so, can fuck her and go home. Yeah, and I was like, that's not even early. Like, what do you mean? Like, okay, six. That makes more sense. Five. Yeah. As most of the flights from Reno leave hella early. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I thought that was so weird. He's like, oh, if I didn't have to catch a plane at 11 tomorrow, excuse me, I would totally mm-hmm. sleep with you. And he's like, but he, like, totally, he... They he, were he, there. He ref- well, he referenced exactly what he was going to call her for, though. He's like, yeah. oh, but there's always the phone. And yeah, clearly, and she's like, I have one of those. And yeah. I'm like, ew. That was really gross. You're but, dumb. And she didn't know what to say back, but she like tried to stay afloat. See, and this is this that. is my problem with it, though. This is my problem with all sex not in person. Is it's like it just gets so awkward. You're like, you're t- you know, I'm touching your breasts. Uh, okay. <laughs> like I don't know what I, to say. I think phone sex is hard. I definitely would not be able to do it. Mm. Every single time that I've seen it portrayed in media, because it has to be to the best degree that it can be, I'm like, that's hot. I can't do it. Snapchat sex is amazing. Because Snapchat the photos and videos are included. Explain. So, where you were saying that, like, any sex that's not physical sex, like, is a little bit weird. Yeah. Because you're like, what do we do? Or, like, my hand's on your breast. Like, it's... Right. It's, you can... The, the imagining part during phone sex is hot. The getting to see it and just be instead of being like, oh, I'm grabbing your breast or I'm working on you, you can say, this is what I want to do and this is with me. Like, I'm like, this is how hard I am. This is the fun stuff. And then it's really great because then you can play up how good you look. So actually, I prefer that to real sex because in real sex, I'm like, you can see my flaws, you can see my wrinkles, oh my God. you can see my gut, you can see, see my rolls. And this is I'm where... I'm Snapchat where I can take 17 photos and be like, I want this one. And this is one, the one I'm going to send you. Put on a Q filter. See, and this is where you and I differ completely on that because I'm like, no, that sticks around forever. And no matter what angle I'm at, I'm still 
porky pig and you're gorgeous so you can do that well that's why i'm like if my nudes leak because i've never sent an ugly nude they're stylized <laughs> they are pretty or they're funny we were just talking about that. Joe takes really good angles of his butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, if you see my butt in person, it's flat. It's <laughs> not cute. And there's bad ways to take a photo of your butt. And there are good ways to take photos of your butt. So if my nudes leak, I'm like, I think I'm covered because they look pretty. And that's why I would prefer the Photoshop version of me naked compared to in to real the life. real life. Yeah. And that's fair. And I feel like when sex is happening and it's like going so fast and it's so intense and like the feelings are there... No one's being like stopping and going, wait a second, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm gonna fuck you in a second, but is that a mole? <laughs> like, no is one's stopping for that. Uh, we had this, I'm so sorry. So, we had this conversation yesterday. What was the actor? Was it Jesse from Bring It On? Or no, it was Lucas Till. What it was Lucas Till because he has a mole on his neck, and my sister was literally like, I would want to have sex with him, but I don't think I could look at him because I would see his mall and it would upset And I thought me. that was weird because I was like, oh, it's just like part of his face. I agree, but that I think there are people who would be like, I cannot deal with certain things. And I was like, we li- the drinking game was every time you fall in love with Lucas Till, we were watching the Hannah Montana movie. I was drunk, yeah. Yeah, like, you, <laughs> you take a drink every single time, something about it makes you fall in love. Yeah, and literally yeah. every time he was on screen, I was like, that's <laughs> stinking cute, yeah. Yeah, my sister was the one who was like, he's really attractive. But his mole. Oh, I thought it was cute. You know what's funny? It was like underneath his jawline, so you don't even see it most of the time. It's I mean, I'm easy... going to be all up on his jawline and be like, so I would see it. But I don't mind it. But yeah, I definitely don't mind it. Yeah, and I think that flaws are, can't, well, can be, not always. Um, sometimes they're flaws. But um, <laughs> but they like can be. Like a giant dick bag. Yeah, like yeah, a giant dick bag. But if like, flaw. like look at Harrison Ford and like the, the scar that he has on his chin. That's so sexy, and without it, I think he'd just be some random-ass white dude. I currently think of him as a random-ass white dude. That's fair. <laughs> no, there's definitely people He's that are like that, that, just because it, it makes them so human. Mm-hmm. It's almost like if they're too perfect, you're like, oh. Mm. I like that. Yeah. It's weird literary reference. Miss, what's it, or who's it, or when's it? Oh, from gives the Wrinkle main, in Time? Yeah, it gives Meg the gift of her flaws. And it's one of the most important things that she learns. She's like, you know what? I'm not perfect. And the, despite all these yeah. things, this is what makes me me, and I'm proud about that. And I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't get it until like the movie was over when I watched it. I was like, what do you mean the gift of your flaws? I, I mean, the movie was done really, really poorly. But so, who uh, was Mrs. What's It in the movie? I think it was Reese Witherspoon. I don't remember which one was which one, but it was Reese Witherspoon. It was Reese Witherspoon that giving. So Chihuahua Chin is talking about flaws. That makes sense. I just love kidding. Her. <laughs> Have you seen Legally Blonde? Let's talk about empowering women. Yeah, I loved Joe. <laughs> I'm just totally kidding. I'm dragging <laughs> her just for the. No matter who it was going to be, I would had a joke ready. Oh, if you, if you had said, Oprah. I would have said, you get a flaw, and you, and you. I was actually hoping, I was hoping it was Oprah, because that was like that. Then I would drag her about um, just being an obnoxious bitch about stuff. I don't know. I didn't have that ready. It was I didn't have it ready. that I did not like in the movie. Really? Yeah. I well, Oprah had like three movie. parts, so... Yeah, but it was Oprah, and I was like, fuck it, it doesn't up, even, bitch. It doesn't even it's matter. Like, her and her drag queen ass makeup. I love her. She's great. It was not good. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I liked it, but that was just because I haven't read the book, so... Reese yeah. Witherspoon turns into a flying lettuce wrap. I thought that was a little strange. An actual lettuce wrap or just a piece of lettuce? Um, it's supposed to be... She's like a plant. She's like a plant-based, like, dragon thing. She deadass looks like a leaf of lettuce. Like, did she have rice in it? Like, like did it look like it was know. from Panda Express or like... No, it looked better. It okay. 
It looked healthy. I liked it. It did. It was just a long rectangle, but it looked like lettuce. But yeah, like romaine great. lettuce, not like... Romaine lettuce, yeah. Yeah, like, like good lettuce. And then she has to save one of the kids, and she folds up, and I was like, this bitch is a lettuce wrap. Yeah. that's That's kind of the worst Pokemon ever. I like how we find any excuse not to talk about this show. <laughs> oh, my God, I know. We're yeah, like, no, I was about to rein it back in, because that's we, basically can Miranda. Can we consider ourselves a Sex and City podcast when we talk about everything but Sex and the City? Literally then every other movie we've watched besides. Wait, this is, like, listen. Anyways, this, anyways this thing happens. Back to us. We talked about phone sex and, like, texting and sexting and Snapchatting, and we're good. We're on it. We're on topic. Let's do homework. Let's everybody have phone sex with one person and see how it goes. Mm, no. What if we're yeah. on a three-way call and just have phone sex with each other? Mm, no. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> so let's go. Let's move on to Charlotte because she's boring. Can we do Samantha because Samantha has the least amount to do? I liked Samantha's, but okay, go ahead. Oh, oh, you do have stories for that, so we can, mm-hmm. we'll actually talk about that later. You're right, let's do Charlotte. All right, so Charlotte, um, Charlotte loses her damn mind, uh, because Trey's like, oh, and BTW, here's our prenup, and she loses her shit, because she's like, a prenup? We're talking about getting divorced, and we haven't even gotten married, and I'm like, you live in New York City, like, yeah. what'd you expect was gonna happen? I don't like Charlotte. I really, she's the one, she's the one who on the girls trip, everyone would fucking murder at the end. Absolutely. Oh my God. Sex in the City 4. After we find out that Samantha's a witch and she loses her powers at the end and she has to become mortal. <laughs> this is a script I'm writing. You know, oh, I was like, what? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> no, I'm writing it. Spoilers for the ending. Oh, and I they all take a girls trip and they fucking murder Charlotte and it becomes yeah. them trying to make sure that they don't I get feel caught. like she's that kind of girl that like goes to Vegas with everybody and orders tons of rounds that nobody asks for and then still wants to split the bill like I feel like that would be her <gasps> she's the see you know what I was just talking about with the Liza uh, Schlesinger stand up mm-hmm. she has that whole like shtick in her stand up where she is just like you know the one girl that like everyone brought us together she's the one Who's like, we have to go to this restaurant. She's the one who printed the group on. Her name's probably Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) And she has this great shtick where she's just like, like, she's like the girl talking to the waiter. And she's just like, we just want, you know what? Just like, let's just get a trough. Let's get a trough of white wine for the whole table. And then just like, yeah, just, it's great. It's a great Stand up, please watch it. It's so great. One of our watch it and pay attention to it. It's going to be me and you getting drunk and watching that. Yes. And then covering it. Yes. Because half of mine and Paige's relationship is Paige being like, oh, Eliza. Stress singers freezing hot stand up. She yeah. had a thing about that in her bit. You saw it. And I was like, yeah, but I don't remember it. I don't remember <laughs> any part of it. And then yeah. the only reason that I know any quotes from it, like small plates, is because of Paige. Yeah. Because I don't remember it from the stand up. So great. I know. So dumb. I know. As you can tell by my form of comedy, which is not funny. <laughs> it's just sick. <laughs> so, yeah, so she's upset about, and it is so great because he's just assumes that she has a a lawyer and is like, just have your lawyer look this over. It's just a standard prenup. And so cut to the girls um, automatically like meeting with Miranda. And I'm like, of course, of course you're going to pro bono this. All right. If I was Miranda, I would be like, listen, you can come to my office and you can pay my fee. No, because Miranda would just be like, this isn't even worth the time. Because she says it. She's 
This is a standard. She's like, this is standard. Yeah. As her friend, she's more just like, this is. She's just like, this is okay. You're dumb. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, like, she's annoying. She's annoying this whole episode until she. She's annoying this entire show. She's annoying this entire show. But just talking about the episode this time. Sorry. (laughs) I like this show. I I hope no one thinks that I hate this show. I just hate the characters. Listen, I hate this show. I love the um, themes and ideas that it brings up, but I do hate this show. Okay. Um, so Charlotte is garbage all the way up until the very end when she realizes she needs to negotiate with Trey's mother, Bunny. What does she need to negotiate? Her prenup status, because it was like, I forget exactly the term that they used, but basically the longer that she stayed with him, the more money she would get out of the prenup. Right. I think it was, she was, the marriage is worth five. $100,000. Like she was over the span of 30 years. Yes. So right. every five years, she would get a different percentage yeah. of those 500000 And then she got like bonuses for having boys. male children. Yeah. So yeah. for every boy she got, she got, she got 100000 yeah. Which is garbage because we don't choose that. Yeah, that seems like a very odd. Uh, yeah, like are you, are you Henry the Eighth? Like carries. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's but dumb. like, let's not Henry the Eighth this, okay? Seriously. I mean, let's, I mean that's let's, what Bunny is doing. Let's, well, she let's said do. that's how it's always been done. So yeah, yeah I mean, which is still dumb though. Like, I mean, do it in the sense that let let's take Charlotte's head off. But other than that, like, yeah. ugh. So she finally. Stands up for herself. And this is something that I have to respect her for. Mm-hmm. She goes up to Bunny and she was like, um, yeah, about this. I'm worth a million. And the way she says it, I have never been attracted to Kristen. Kirsten? Kristen Davis. Kristen Davis. Yeah. As much as when she's talking to Bunny, she's like, um, I don't think I'm worth 500000 Or, mm-hmm. yeah, 500000 But he's like, well, what's your price? After she kind mm-hmm. of negotiates a little bit. And then she just looks at her... Perks up one of her eyebrows a little bit, puts her shoulders back, chin up, and she's like, I'm at least worth one million. And I was like, ah, I'm aroused. Yeah, that was, I was very proud of her. I don't know that I could say that. Fuck no. Like, I feel like, I'm, bitch, you made me $500,000, that's fine. I feel like I'm a fairly confident person, but I feel like if I got put in that situation, I'd be like, well, I think maybe like 100000 or something, I don't know. Like, I would not be like, I'm worth at least a million dollars. Maybe if I lived in New York for a couple of years. Maybe that's a <laughs> Like, maybe thing. that's a different thing where a million dollars is not that much to them. I think my own, no, granted, I definitely, this is the first episode of Sex City I've ever watched, so I can't great. really, I can't really say much about each of the characters, like, personalities, but just based off of what other people have told me, and just watching her, I just don't think the demand matches what she says she is looking for out of life. Yes, I think that's that was the true. only thing that didn't make sense to me, because I'm like, you're all about, like, love, you don't even want to think about the possibility of getting divorced, like, you know, like, the, the whole idea of a prenup just upsets you. And so, in my head, I'm like, okay, well, if you just love this guy so much and you just want to get married already and not have to worry about this, just sign it. And just get, sign whatever. Just sign it. What does it matter? This, what does it even matter what it says? Just sign it and give it away. <laughs> but then you want to be like, I'm at least worth a million dollars. Because then it makes it sounds like it's about money and then it makes money sound right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the reason we have these prenups for everybody in this family is because, because you're a gold because, digger. Because every woman is, is after some sort of price. And I'm like, hmm. Okay, but you have been saying that like you don't feel complete until you find somebody to marry. So then the, the money shouldn't even matter because in your head, like you're not getting divorced. See, and that's how great this show is written is you don't need to see anything else because you just figured out Charlotte. Yeah, and I'm just like Ooh. these 22 minutes. You yeah, that. and I was yeah. like, mm, like that kind of just it's weird. It's just a little mm-hmm. odd. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. 
yeah, what, what you're really after here, girl. Yeah. And that, I really feel, leads us into Sam really nicely, actually, is because... Charlotte's the one who's always like, I need a man. I need someone to protect me. I need somebody to love me. And that's her main focus is <laughs> we're oh, refilling. Yeah. We're, 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 refill we're refilling. Keep talking. I'm still more? talking. Champagne but, break. Um, yes. What flavor do you break. want? Can I have um, some mango bellini? Thank you. Ooh, mango bellini. Mm, thank what, you. what flavor do you want? Um, I would ooh, like the blood orange mimosa if there is any left. Okay. There's um, definitely like half a left. So, yeah, so we get to Samantha, which um, she's celebrating her new apartment. I don't understand why, because she moved in, like, four episodes ago. She finally got it right. There's a difference between moving in and getting settled, and you only celebrate when you settle into your home. That's fair, I guess. But Yeah, because when you first move in, like, you haven't figured out the feng shui, right you haven't put up your decorations, you're just living. It looks That's fair. You can't really show it off. Yeah, so she finally has settled in, I guess. Um, and she's having like a, we have it all party at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. I'm sorry. Real quick. Just to interject. And this is where Charlotte's a fucking idiot. Hey, Samantha's like, we have our own apartments. We have good, luxurious jobs. We're all pretty. We have it all. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte's like, mm, no, I think when you have it all is when you have a man who takes care of you and then you feel really good about yourself and then you continue on with your life. And everyone's like, shut the fuck up. That's everybody- not this party literally about. sets everyone but like everybody back up 40 years yeah like, mm. yeah you just lost us the right to vote great <laughs> good job <laughs> i i really feel for samantha and i i feel like i've told this this story on the podcast before but i'm gonna tell it again so y'all can just settle down um <laughs> but, <laughs> but samantha gets sick and she has. She realizes that she has absolutely nobody to turn to in these kind of times. She's a single woman, um, and she doesn't know. Like she tries to call all of her one night stands. Which why do you even have their numbers? True. <laughs> um, and and have them come over and fix her broken curtains. Which, first of all, when I'm sick, that's not a priority. Um, second of all, she. She was compl- like she was bragging about how she could order anything she wanted to off of this service that she found. Off of this, like pre Uber Eats, Uber Eats. Yeah, she. I. I have. I was one of my notes having everything delivered. Samantha is living in 2018. I love it. <laughs> and it's so true, though. She was like, "They do whatever they want. It's so great." And I'm like, "It is so great. It's called life now." Um, but so when she's so sick and like sad of everything it just reminded me of the time that i got my tonsils out last year and i was hopped up on hydrocodone and just wanting to go to bed it was like 11 o'clock at night and i went to the bathroom before i went to bed and i'm you know like barely standing and i hear my toilet like flush but then bubble a little bit and you know my high ass is just like that's weird. Let's clear the aura around it and let's just flush it again. Clear the aura? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that sounds weird. So if I flush it again, it's like resetting the system. It's like turning it off and back on again. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and so, and I'm totally thinking, yeah, this is, this is it. This is, this is going to fix everything. And then I'm going to go to bed. And so I flush it and it starts to overflow. Thank God that there's, it's literally just water and not 
like what I just did, like because it flushed all the way. It's just water. But I immediately go, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It's got to stop for, like, it's got to stop, right? It's going to stop. It's not stopping. Why is it not stopping? And in my head, I'm thinking, it's been 300 years and it's not stopping. I'm throwing down towels and it's still overflowing. And I'm like, I, I, like, I need help. I can't do this. I open my door, leave it open, run downstairs to the front desk where the security guard is not there and there's a little sign this is back in 10 minutes and I'm like oh my god I don't have 10 minutes it's everyone's gonna drown (laughs) (laughs) and I call up Stacy and I'm like Stacy I need help I don't know what to do and by that time the the doorman had come around and had said you know do you need help ma'am and I'm like my toilet's overflowing. It won't stop overflowing. It keeps overflowing. Like, we, you have to help me. And he says, do you rent or own? And this is when I swear I, like, snapped for a second out of my my hydrocodone, like, high, to go, does it really fucking matter right now? Does it matter if I'm a goddamn renter? It, it does. Because even Samantha brings it up. Because call Maureen your superintendent. Is like, uh, call your superintendent to have him put up the curtains. And then she's like, I own this, so I don't have a superintendent. Yeah. That's how he's in charge of but now we understand the context. Obviously, in that stupor, right? You fucking. It was like I have an emergency. Yeah, help me. Yeah. Help, yeah, yeah. Like this wasn't about your job as a person. Yeah. This was about I need help right now, and I I yelled at him. I legitimately was like, "Does it really fucking matter right now when freaking like the the." The apartment below me is going to be underwater in yeah. a minute. It is not stopping. It does not fucking matter if I <laughs> rent or own right now. We have to save the building. <laughs> save the building. <laughs> like, I lost my damn mind. He's like, oh, I'll call somebody and send him oh, up. And I'm geez. like, better fucking do that. And so I come back upstairs and I, the, my door's still wide open. I come around the corner going, dear God almighty, like, please don't let it just be completely, like, underwater. Yeah. And here's the hilarious thing about my apartment is that it's at an angle. It's built in an angle. So it had overflowed, gone around the corner, down the hallway, and pooled under my bed. Oh. Yep. All just conjugated under my bed. Which, oh my god, now that you've said that, I see you, what yeah, you're you, about. You, 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 you see <laughs> it, I was looking it's great, for the angle, right? and it's, it's on this wall. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's at an angle, like... Mostly floor-wise. Like, I'll show to you afterwards, because my favorite thing is just sitting in this chair and just letting it roll over to that side on its own. I couldn't stop rolling. I was sitting over here. It was great. over here and just went, Paige, can't stop! Paige, can't stop! And ended up over there. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's, it is, to be fair, it's funny. It's really, it's always been funny. It's never not funny. Unless I spill a bag of M&M's and then it's not funny. Oh, yeah, that's not funny. <laughs> it went all over the place. It was really so sad. sad. At least, you know, they'll all end up in the same place eventually. Right. Where the water was. Oh, yeah. yeah I don't want to eat those. Yeah. So poor um, Stacy comes around the corner with, like, two, like, washcloths or something. And she's like, hey, pumpkin, I'm here to... Oh, we're going to need more towels. She puts down the two washcloths, leaves, comes back with all of her towels. We're up until like one o'clock in the oh. morning, like mopping everything up. And it's such a freaking travesty. And I like by the time we got to the end of it, all of my medication had worn off. And she was like, OK, you can be OK. You OK, pumpkin. All right, I'm going to go. And I'm like, OK. She leaves. I sit down on my bed 
and I bawl. I just start crying, and I think, I have to call my ex. I can't do this alone. Clearly, I cannot function alone. I can't adult. This isn't what I'm supposed to be like. Somebody needs to take care of me. Mm -hmm. Like, totally, like, lost my mind. And, like, in the morning, I was fine. It was fine. But, like, in that that moment, like, the same moment that Samantha has, I'm like... Girl, I feel you on a spiritual level. Well, I, that's one of the parts that this episode got really, really right. And right away from the second, where they like, Samantha woke up the next day and she had the flu. And then you just see her, the sunshine's on her face because she has a beautiful, like, open window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she's immediately angry. And then she has to get up and then close the curtains. And, and then the break. curtains fall. Yeah. And then she just annoyed. I was like, boom, I understand exactly what she's feeling. Like, because every time you're sick or, or we're trying to recover from something, and even the slightest inconvenience feels like the end of the world. You just feel so hopeless. Yeah. yeah. But you can't make important Decisions, decisions when you're feeling hopeless or yeah. on medication. Yes. That's true. That's true. Yes. Oh, I do have a fun fact for you, though, just in case this ever happens to you again. If you the lift, emergencies flip. Yes, if you, if you like, lift up the back of your, like, toilet lid, there's normally, like, a, like, a little handle attached to, like, a chain and, like, a, like, a plastic ball or whatever. If you mm-hmm. just, like, lift that thing up, it stops the flow of the water. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. there's an emergency <laughs> shutoff valve on the side yes. that yeah. people told me about afterwards, too. And I'm like, okay, well, it'll never happen again. Thank you. Yeah. I, appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate absolutely all of that feedback because Lord knows I do not want to clean up toilet water until 1 o'clock in the morning yeah, ever no, again ever for the rest again. of the experiences where we have to go. But now, yeah. at first, when you first were trying to overcome it, you were like, oh, I need someone else here to help me. Mm-hmm. I needed someone else to help take care of me in this mm-hmm. thing. And having lived through it and experienced it, now you're like, I know what to do. Right. Like, and there's yeah. there's a deeper element of it that it's really difficult for people like Samantha, people like me, to ask for help at all. I'm yeah. very much the type of person that's like, nope, I can drag this carcass all the way across the desert by myself. Don't need anyone's help. No big deal. Like, go about your day. Like, I don't ask for help a lot of the time from mm-hmm. anybody. And so just the fact that she was calling all of these guys had to have been so bad for her self-esteem as it went along because she doesn't want to admit that she can't function by herself. And when you realize that, even in a high, like, it's awful. And it's also the, okay, this is the one time I'm going to ask for help. And then people are saying no to you. Yeah. It's the reaffirmation, like, fuck, I don't need anybody because I'm going to do it by myself. I already hated doing this. It's like a reminder, like, oh, this is why I don't do this. But you also still Mm -hmm. need help. Yeah. So you're like, so what is the answer? I'm reaching out. I'm asking for help. No one is helping me. You have to ask the right people. Mm -hmm. You don't ask people you've been sleeping with. You don't ask one night stands. Because who is the only person that, like, come over? Yeah. Carrie. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I only call you guys when I'm crying. <laughs> and then we don't answer and I'm very sorry. I know. Literally, she was in New Zealand. Their times are weird. She would call like at 3 a.m. I'm sleeping. But you know what the worst part is? That whenever I do call, not a single person would be like, oh, hey, you called. Is everything okay? Knowing damn well, I only call when I'm upset. Oh. And I'm like, all right, it's cool. Fine. Me. I believe it on the fact that you guys are all dating somebody, and um, that's why I don't like any of your spouses. Sorry. Ooh. Any of our blouses? Spouses. Oh. Just kidding, I actually love all of them. <laughs> sort of. Two out of the I like three. I like two out of the three. Well, you can Marco Polo me, and I will absolutely listen. Oh, dope. See, you good. See, this is what it is. We need to talk about what we need in the universe. We'll give it back. Oh, speak it into existence. Speak it into <laughs> existence. Abracadabra, Abracadabra. No, 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 no. My friend Jessica, our friend Jessica, <laughs> did this beautiful thing. And abracadabra is actually from a language, mm-hmm. and it means I create as I speak. Oh. 
So that's why, like, it's the magic because you're creating as you're speaking. And it is so beautiful. I wrote an essay about it I that never published. It. Well, or ever showed to anybody because it was just a personal thing. <laughs> that I never published on any major publication. Yeah. <laughs> on my blog. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can look for it soon because I will be publishing it because I want it to be out in the universe. But it was so fantastic. And it's, I create as I speak. So you need to say what you need, what you want from the world. And the universe will find a way to give it to you. Not exactly the way you ordered it sometimes, but the way that you need it. So in that so moment, like you would have been like, oh, I need my toilet him. not to be overflowing. Right. And you're like, no, it's going to overflow. Yeah. Cause but I you're going to find out that you have Stacy, mm-hmm. that you're going to, you can overcome this. Right. And you learn from it because now, you know, if there's ever a situation again, like it, you know how to turn it off. I love that. That's mm-hmm. great. Boom. Y'all didn't think I was going to get there. Y'all thought I was just a pretty face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think that. Girl. I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you. <laughs> I did not. You gotta be brought down or not sometimes. Sometimes. That's why I'm Siobhan's friend, because Siobhan needs to get brought down all the time. You know what's hilarious is that I really don't. I'm actually probably the most insecure person in our entire friend group. False. All all four of us are really insecure, and that's why we're all friends with each other, because we can understand when (laughs) we need to be serious about it, and when we're like, okay, you're getting kind of a big head. Stay humble, but also know that you're really, really great, and I love you, and you're capable of amazing things. Oh, mine is just like everybody always said, you know, fake it till you make it, and that's been working out, but I still haven't made it, so it's definitely still fake. (laughs) It happens. It's a slow process. It's a very slow process. (laughs) We'll get there eventually. That's fair. I think it's all about being, like, good with yourself and your choices, unlike Carrie, who makes really bad choices. So let's get to this bitch. So what what, what was the resolution with Samantha? Did she get a curtain set? No. No. What did she do? What was the end of that? Three days of best for a bed rest, and then she felt great. Yeah, and then she went That's out. So and tragic. Then she, yeah, then she went out to that party that that Charlotte threw. I don't even think that the curtains were the problem. I think it was just she was yeah. feeling sorry for herself because she was sick. Right, right. but the whole well, she, I, I think she most, yeah. I think she yeah. wanted somebody to come over and take care of her, mm-hmm. and the it was a sim it was a symbolistic kind of thing that yeah. the curtains she needed fixing. I but to complete that I arc, the symbol needed to get addressed. Yeah. Right. And it did it. Yes. Because it's wow. sex in the city and the writing is garbage. The well. ideas are great. <laughs> writing but, is garbage. Yes. It's true. Um, I So, okay. So, Carrie, at the very beginning, at the top of the show, um, or as they say at the Riverdale Register in Act 1. <laughs> I love John and Caitlin. <laughs> They're so cute. I stopped watching the show, but I only listen to their podcast, and that's how I know what's happening. And every that's now and then, I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I'm glad I stopped watching, but I will be watching the musical episode tomorrow. Fair enough. I won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I I love how at the beginning Carrie is racked with guilt, and that she goes to the one person who is not going to judge her in the friend group at all. Samantha. She's back with guilt because she slept with Babe while dating Aiden. Just in case people need to judge I, I was about to get to that bitch. Sorry. Sure. I'm sorry. So sorry. So sorry. <laughs> I thought we were just going to take it. I'm so sorry. No. No. She's just racked with guilt, so she tells him something. <laughs> so I love how Samantha's like, okay, you did it. Like, you did. You did do it. And I think a lot of us have that problem in general where we don't want to admit that we did something bad. But yes. does that makes us look bad? Yeah. I was having a conversation with a friend the other day, and he's uh, going through a breakup, and he was kind of pre-breakup at the time, and he's like, "I really just don't, I don't want to talk to her about it because if I tell her X Y Z, she's gonna say, well, you didn't tell me that.' Yeah. And I and I looked him dead in the eye, and I was like, "You didn't. 
you didn't tell her that. Own your shit. Yeah. You were shitty. Own it. And move on. People have a confrontation issue. People do have a confrontation issue, but it's confrontation against them. Because people would be like, let me tell you why you're making you, me yeah, unhappy. Yeah, what you're doing wrong. This yeah. is wrong with you. This is this. But then when people fuck up, they're like, hopefully all of us can understand that I made a mistake and not have to address it and move on. Yeah. But we need that confrontation because we need it to hit hard. Otherwise, we're going to make the same mistakes all over again. Yeah, mm-hmm. people like, yeah. We, I think I was having this conversation with somebody else the other day, like, about pointing out what other people do wrong, but how you could... How, what you can possibly do to make this like situation better especially if the other person is willing to meet you halfway like a lot of people w- would much rather just like point out what you did wrong and leave it at that mm-hmm. and not have to put in the work to make it better they just want to like kind of just like, point out all of your flaws and just like so i think the only reason people do that is to make themselves feel better about themselves mm-hmm. yes yeah, yeah nobody wants to admit that they make mistakes that they're fallible yeah i had to learn that dating challenge mm-hmm. because challenge is really great he goes above and beyond mm-hmm. and there are times where something happened in our relationship that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. So I would point out, I'm like, because we're open to conversation, I'm just letting you know, this didn't make me happy. I had a problem with this. This is this. Mm-hmm. And then Chalam would try to bring up his issues and every single time I would justify them mm-hmm. and make my issues more important. And then I had to take a step back and be like, oh, no, 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 no. That is a problem. Yeah. That is absolutely fair. So then I had to say, okay, so this is how I feel. What do you feel? Cool. And every time we agreed to work on something in our relationship, it was always, okay, I don't want to just be me telling you what you can do to yeah. please me. What do you need from me? That is such growth. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Challenge has helped me grow so much, oh. and I will always appreciate him and love him for that because he's incredible. There's a reason I like him. <laughs> because he's white and tiny. Um, I was going to say it's also. not just because he's cute, but <laughs> I mean, that definitely helps. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's really, it is important in relationships so much to just have open and honest communication mm-hmm. and to respect where the other person is coming from. Like my my future roommate and I have definitely not done that in the past. And since we're moving in together, we've been much more cognizant of each other's emotions and feelings. Mm-hmm. And like, like all the stuff that he did for me this weekend, I thanked him like a million times for it. Whereas if we were still in, like, a bad friend place, I would have been like, well, it's the least you can do, fucker. Just go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but no, it's, like, he helped me out in a situation where I desperately needed help. Like, he manned up. He adulted up. Like, he got stuff done. And I appreciate that very much. And you you need to, like, in relationships, see how the other person is trying. And that's hard when you're hurting. Yes. Yes. And all of these things are valid. You are hurting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You can point out what's wrong with other people because it's a reflection of what you need to to happen to take care of you and make yourself feel better. Yes. And also having to be like, oh, okay, what part do I play? Because you play a part in your life. Mm -hmm. It's not just things happening to and around you. You play a part in your life. Yeah. And that's how you make it better. Mm -hmm. Because even it's important to have communications with other people, yes, in your relationships, but you also have to important that the relationship you have with yourself is the most important one. Mm-hmm. And then being able to step back and be like, okay, I am a flawed character. I fucked up. Mm-hmm. I hope no one notices this. No, you have to be able to look at yourself and be like, I fucked up. Mm-hmm. Let that land in your world and then say, okay, why did I do it? Mm-hmm. What led me to make this mistake? Mm-hmm. Do I think I'm going to do it again? Yes. Okay, so then maybe it's not a mistake. Maybe my mind is telling me I want something other than what's going on, even if that's what I think I want. You need to be able to have those, coming to, those conversations with yourself. Mm-hmm. Which Carrie cannot do. No, because Carrie doesn't know words. 
No, she doesn't know words. It's really sad. She so she cheats on Aiden, and then she feels bad about it. Can't stop thinking about it in like flashes of cinematic brilliance. Oh my god! Okay, so broke. I'm so sorry. Two things. Part the first. The cinematography in this episode was gorgeous. Gorgeous. It was. Second of all, I wanted to ask Not a it, single jazz piece in it. Not a single fucking jazz. <laughs> jazz is, I like jazz. Jazz in this TV show is not used to... Easy listening jazz is not what we're a fan of. <laughs> um, but I do want to bring back to the fact that Carrie tells Samantha that she's cheating. Mm-hmm. And Samantha's like, okay, you did it. A and B questions. Would you tell your one of your friends that you cheated... If you were to cheat, we all want to believe that we're not cheaters, that we wouldn't cheat in a relationship. Right. Obviously, that's the best mode that we can go. But if you did, would you tell one of your close friends? And B, what would you do if someone told you? Because I have a personal experience, so I want to come back to me last. Okay. So I want to hear what your guys' input is. Go for it. Do you think that I would tell one of you? Yes, but I don't know. I think you would tell McKinley, but you wouldn't tell me or Nicole. I think you would tell... McKinley, me, <laughs> Nicole, in that order. Really? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think I, I think I would tell you, Kinley, then Nicole. Because when it comes to stuff like that, I actually want the honest feedback, and I know you're going to give it to me. Because the difference is that you're going to be like, wow, Siobhan, you're better than this. Mm-hmm. Whereas McKinley would be supportive, like, oh, it's okay. Like, like you probably didn't mean to, like, you know, um, just, do, just do better. Yeah. Whereas you'd be like... Dude, that was really shitty. Why did why did you do it? You'd force me to reflect. And then you'd be like, alright, okay, now do better. And then I think I would tell Nicole last because I don't know. <laughs> I would just tell Nicole last because when it comes to relational stuff, she's so sappy. So sometimes I don't get like the full like, She's the, the Charlotte. <laughs> but that's why yeah, it's, it's I don't get I don't get like the full like the full response that I really need. That's why this friend group is so work good. Also, be the W. We, I talked about Siobhan in our friend group before when we were talking mm-hmm. about the conversation of he's just not that into you mm-hmm. with um, not Matt Damon, the other one. Matt Damon. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, okay. ben Affleck and Jennifer Gardner with the whole proposing oh, yeah. and not proposing thing. And the weekend that we had in camp, Siobhan was a part of that. Mm-hmm. With uh, When we went to Breckenridge? Yeah, yeah. And you talked about that up there? Yeah, we talked about that that we were in the cabin because then McKinley's dad told us that we were all cuts and no one wanted to marry Oh, yeah. He was like, you're all ugly and you're all gross and he wants to marry you. And I was like really yeah. upset. So <laughs> you guys know about Siobhan previously. Yeah. Cool. Sorry, Paige, back to you. Subtweeted frequently. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like there, I would be immeasurably racked with guilt. Mm-hmm. See. Like, practically not able to fully function as a human, racked with guilt. And so, and also, so we, our friend Emily, she reads people so intensely, it's not even funny. I don't know that I could keep it from her. Like, I think I would go and I would talk to her and I'd be like, hey, how's it going? How's the dog? And she'd be like, you cheated. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she's intense when it comes to that stuff. And so I don't think that I could actually keep it from her. I feel like there's a couple of people um, that I could tell uh, that I would trust. Susan would probably be another one of them from our lost episode. Um, Because she's so great about, like, I don't judge this is what I feel like. Um, and 
as weird as it sounds, if I ever got into a relationship where it got to that point, I feel like I could tell my ex. I feel like I could tell Chad. Interesting. If we got to that emotional point where we could, I think that I could tell him. Because he's still, like, my best friend. Mm -hmm. We're just not together anymore. And so I feel like there are people that I might tell. But overall, I don't want people to think I'm a cheater. So I'm not going to tell anybody. Right. You know? But, yeah. I recently had a close friend tell me that they're cheating on their partner. And the weirdest thing ever was that I was... The Samantha was like, okay... You did it. So, okay, and here's the other aspect of it. Like, mm-hmm. receiving it, I'd be like, okay, you did it once. How do you feel? Where are you going to go from here? But, like, I've been cheating. Mm-hmm. Like, you've continued to make this mistake. Mm-hmm. I'm going to judge you. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's rough. <laughs> That's rough. Because, you know, like, you can make a mistake. Yeah. I honestly believe that anybody can make one mistake You've got to wake up that next morning and go, fuck, what did I, what have I done? Yeah. And you have to take stock of yourself and find out if that relationship is worthwhile to you anymore, if you need to end it, something. But to continue to cheat on a person takes you into another really shitty level for me where I'm like, you've got to look at your choices. You have to figure this out. It's not good. So that's upsetting that they continue to cheat on their partner. And they do. And that's so and hard. It, and it's... I don't want to put all of their business out there. Yeah, no, be generic. But it's basically... It's... The whole thing is that they're cheating with someone, but it's not a physical thing. In, in terms of, like, they're, it's not a... local. It's more of a connection online with someone else. Okay. That's so, so emotional cheating. And yes. I... Emotional cheating is such an ice skating rink. You know? I don't know what that metaphor is. It's slippery. It's wet. (laughs) Like, slippery slope. Here's the thing. Like, when you're feeling down and you don't have the person that you normally turn to, to turn to. Yeah. You're going to go somewhere else for it. Emotions are so much different. So are we okay? Is that... Not not okay, but what... Is it going into, like sexting is it going into i love you i care about you that's it's hard it's a hard one i don't think i don't think it's right don't get i'm not saying it's right and everybody should do it or anything but i can understand that deeper more than i can the physical and that's where i am and we're gonna get to you in just a second but (laughs) it's very much like when they told me and they explained to me a situation i was like i thought i would have a problem with this and I do, obviously it's not the best thing in the world. In a perfect world, I would. I, and I said, okay, well, what you're doing is shitty because what you and your partner agreed upon, you're going outside of it. Yeah. But in terms of like just a person, I'm like, this isn't bad. You're not. You're still giving your partner what they want. Mm-hmm. You're still doing this A, B, and C. You're still taking care of them. Everything is still fine. You just have another relationship. And I don't know if that's the the polyamorous side of me. If that's the everybody is flawed nihilistic version of me. But I'm like, that's fine. Hmm. I don't, I'm not judging. I don't hold anything against them. And I don't look down on them. I'm like, oh. That's yeah, and I'm doing. not going to look down on anybody. Their choices are their choices. Mm-hmm. But I have a hard time with 
continuation of something that you know is wrong. So why is the emote? I'm sorry. We're, yeah, no, no, no go, let's get to you and then I'll yeah, come back to this. Idea. So yeah. I really have to pee, so I'm going to try to make this quick. Um, <laughs> so I have a couple problems with this. Just because, I mean, I, I think you probably can vouch that I would at least try my best to be as non-judgmental as possible. Yeah. But I'm a very tough love person. So if I personally don't think that deep down you don't think it's okay and that they're, the other party probably doesn't think okay, that it's okay, I'm going to tell you that like point blank this is probably not okay for x y and z reason and mostly it's going to be because of the other party i'm a big on open communication especially if you are going to be in a relationship with somebody all right so if you're not getting what you need out of your relationship that you need to go elsewhere it's because you're not communicating that with your partner Mm -hmm. and if you are trying to communicate that with your partner and you're still not getting it then maybe you're not in the right relationship so that's my problem with it. Yes. And, like, if you're going to be polyamorous, that's fine. You need to communicate that from the beginning. Yes. Like, that's plain and simple. But don't go into something and be like, okay, I'm committed to this one person. I'm going to let them know that I'm committed to just you. Yes. And then go looking for something elsewhere and not try to make it work within that environment first. I think it's my only problem with it is I don't mind polyamorous. Like, if you if you're, if you're are just with this person because you get these three things, but you need the other five things, for, like, elsewhere – from maybe three other people, that's fine. But yeah. make sure that every party, like, is okay with that. Because, and that's the foundation because of polyamory. It is, yeah. because, because mm-hmm. it's not it's not fair. But it, but if you are with this one person and you're not getting everything you need, but you've already committed just to being with this one person, you know that they would not be okay with, the, like, with whatever you're doing off to the side. You need to sit down and have a conversation. I agree. And, and I think too many people, specifically in our generation, are only in relationships just not to feel lonely. Uh, fucking great. That, that is my oh problem. My that is my problem is that people are like, oh, I'm not getting what I need out of it, but I'm gonna still stay. In, I'm gonna still stay in the relationship, and probably hurt them ten times worse once I actually do call it off because I found something better. And the only reason I'm with them is for very selfish reasons because I feel lonely and I need their affection and I need the the affirmations and the reassurance. Like that is not what relationships are built on right and i think if you have those insecurities that you need to like leech off of another person for then you probably need to spend more time by yourself absolutely agreed and this is very important and there are certain things that i want to communicate with us when we're not recording mm-hmm. because they Same. are more detail specific yeah. and personal mm-hmm. yeah. so i'm really excited that this came yeah but because mm-hmm. I, I, I would i would not i would not have a problem with that i would just be like all right well if if you're going to continue to do this you need to have a conversation about it because it's not fair to you to them and to the other person like you need to make sure that everybody's on the same page you can present it like that and be like hey this is what i'm doing this is where i'm at and come up with a solution the solution is either me and you one-on-one come up with a way to strengthen our relationship so i don't feel the need to go elsewhere or yeah. you are okay with me having some sort of emotional connection with somebody else and I'm not getting it from you. But that needs to be the conversation because leaving somebody in the dark, that's not a good foundation for a relationship. For me, and I don't know why, but cheating is not on the worst things you can do to a person. Like, yes, it's bad. And it it's is, terrible. It's terrible and it's yeah. a betrayal. It is a breach of trust and it's something you shouldn't do. But um, I just know that there are things that I've done that I'm not proud of that are worse than cheating. So, and even communicating with this other person and they were like, you know what? What you did was bad. Mm -hmm. You know that it was bad. You're not doing it again. And we can move forward from here. They actually helped me come to terms with it. So the fact that they did something that was below where I thought on the ring of these are bad things you can do. I was like, you know what? I'm okay with that. You know, the problem is with that is that we all live in our own little realities and that's a case by case thing. So say you were somebody that's had... A lot of shitty things done to you or happened to you in your life. True. So cheating is probably like 
bottom of the barrel. Like, you know, like it hurts, but there's worse <laughs> things out there. But say you're you're dating somebody that's got like a real great home life, has a great relationship with everybody around them, and who has never had their trust broken before, that might be top tier, like, devastation. And that's, that's and why that, the conversation that, is important. No, that's why it is, because, like, that you can't base your own experiences and your own realities, like, you can't project those onto other people and expect yeah. them to respond, this, like, the same way. I think we had this conversation yesterday or earlier. Um, probably at some point in our lives. Probably. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, but I love it. I Today. just wanted to bring up I wanted to get everyone's input on it because I know that there are different levels. You can't just put your own yeah. status onto other people. Oh, I was having this conversation with my mom and her coworker. That's what oh, I was like. Yeah. Oh, God, I love it. I, was, <laughs> I had the chance to educate them about LGBTU rights today. Mm. But With that being said, I really have to pee, but I'm going to leave the door open so I can hear what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, we can pause, I guess. Podcast. Now, you know, where did we go? So we, um, let's see, what else do we have to go over? So oh, we still have to finish Carrie's storyline. Yeah, we do still have to finish Carrie's storyline. So, um... She's gonna leave the door open. You I love it. Savage. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, I would you hold on real quick, Shavon? Would you pee with the door open in front of your boyfriend slash girlfriend? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That's beautiful. I love it. I am a fan. I'm a fan. I hope this mic is picking it all up. Um, I hope they can just hear the sound of Shavon peeing. I love it. Um, it sounds very like jetty. Can we talk about yeah. the fact that she? freaking started smoking again because i'm mad at it i'm, I'm mad at carrie smoking a again i get a symbolism it's see, a symbol <laughs> here's the thing i get that it's symbolistic but you know what i think is more important is that so she um sort of wrap up her her dumb shit real quick um she s- keeps thinking about the affair with big calls him they sleep with each other again she um is like this isn't gonna happen again stop it and um big like essentially calls her up and blacks blackmails her into being like i'm coming up if you're not coming down i'm downstairs right now so she's with aiden in her apartment yeah and then big calls her and says hey i really need to talk to you and yeah carrie says hey miranda i can't talk to you right now because she doesn't want to give anything away mm. and big says i'm downstairs if you don't come downstairs i'm, I'm coming up. up which is crazy and so she's- which is also a move that you should recognize oh the person who is calling you right now doesn't care about you right they Only will fuck cares up your whole himself. life exactly. yeah because they're selfish yep exactly and um she goes out to talk to him screams at him loses the dog aiden's dog pete a- yeah loses pete in the street runs after him um big runs after her she's like go home i hate you um, go home roger and she walks through the streets in the rain. Oh, back to how beautiful cinematography is. There is a bright purple slash pink neon sign. It is raining. Carrie's wearing short shorts, a white shirt, and a beautiful pink blouse that highlights the pink behind her that's reflecting off this rain. And she is drenched in gore just it's a good good shot gorgeous so she's looking she feels awful about losing the dog she comes home into aiden's arms and pete is there and she loses her mind and is just like oh my god like i was looking for the dog and i'm a horrible girlfriend i'm a horrible girlfriend and he says something that y'all kind of made fun of but i thought was pretty poignant tell us um uh he said he's a dog he runs away he found his way back and I'm like, they're talking about Big. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Because Big is a dog. He's a, he's <laughs> a dog. He lost his way, found his way back to her. 
Doesn't mean that she needs to adopt his ass. I mean, they deserve each other because they're both garbage people, but yes. don't string Ada along as part of your fucking flaws. Yes. Tell us. Uh, so since I, because I, this is my first episode, did Carrie and Big use something? Yes. Yes, they oh. were, they are the They end. are so the end, end game. married. Yes. yes. So for okay, season so, one yeah. and two, Carrie and Big were in this rocky relationship of them trying to be together. Big didn't want to introduce Carrie to his family, so she was like, you don't care about me. And Big's like, that's not what this is about. And Carrie's like, I'm emotional. Get out of my fucking face. We're breaking Carrie, up. I'm so Carrie. Ew, that's not who you want to be. I mean, you don't want to. Just that like situation that you just said, I yeah. think I'd feel very offended. And the way it was set up, obviously you're supposed to take Carrie's side. But then after that, they completely character assassinate her mm-hmm. because then she's back with Big after having Aiden, who introduces her to his family, mm-hmm. has a steady job, cares about her, goes out of his way for her, is, is considerate. a gorgeous human. Is a gorgeous human, has Oof. a good head on his shoulders, and Carrie's like, mm, I'm gonna fuck Big. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, she's dumb. She's so stupid. But I, I honestly, like, that, he said it in such a way that I'm like, that's meant to mean something. And I think it was more of the symbolism of this episode. Yeah, yeah. And there was. There was a lot of symbolism in this episode about how you can have it all or not have it all. And I... You're supposed to have it all. You're supposed to have things in moderation, not success. It's literally not possible to have it all. You can't. You can't. Because we all need the highs and the lows of miscommunication and a bad relationship and a flooded apartment to learn from things. You know who taught me that? Chal and Raymond Wright. Oh my god. Because I was like at the beginning of our relationship I was like dude I could if we just had a C relationship I would be fine. That is what I need in my life and Chal's like no I'd rather have some D's and some F's and us fucking up but also have like the really really highs. Mm -hmm. And it's still a thing where I don't know where I stand in it because there was also an author who said you don't need a bad thing to recognize how good a good thing is. Broccoli doesn't affect the taste of chocolate. True. If you like chocolate, you like chocolate. And in this you case, like the broccoli yeah. was supposed to be bad. I fucking love broccoli. I'll take broccoli over chocolate any day of the week. But it's basically, you don't need something disgusting to let you know how good something is. Like, no, if you have a good thing, you have a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't need it. So I'm still stuck on that. But challenge very much the opposite way. Mm-hmm. So just getting to learn that where I'm like, why is this an issue? Why do we have to have this confrontation right. and sounds like we're growing from it. Yeah. I was like, yes, we're growing from it or we we dug a hole and now we have to climb out of it and that's the success story and then I'm very much like, but if we didn't dig the hole, we wouldn't have to climb. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, true. I'm very back and forth on this issue, uh, especially when it pertains to like religion, you know, like everyone loves the sinner who repented. But nobody really gives a shit about the person who never repented in the first place. That's true. And that's bothersome, and I don't like that. But in the same vein, I feel like like the peaks and valleys are what make a life. Like if I woke up and went to school and the same thing happened every day and I, you know, got married and it was a C relationship and I went all the way through and, you know, got my pension and my gold watch and retired and did nothing but like garden like i'd be so bored there would be no no passion there's no passion there's no stories to tell because i like even this vegas trip like yeah it was 50 percent awful 50 percent awesome i can tell the awesome stories and i can tell the horrible stories too that's what makes you a fucking artist but yeah the thing is is that it's 
the good and the bad, the like the terrible and the really great stories is they're both equally as fun. Yes. If that if that yeah. makes sense, yeah. Because yeah. like some of like the worst stories are just as fun to tell as some of, if not better than some yeah. of the great ones. Yeah. Because something happened. Because there was conflict. Yeah. Because, because you that's don't. That's what makes a good story. Right. It's that's true. what makes a good story. It's Literally. all. Yeah. It's all man versus man, man versus nature, man versus himself. It has to be a conflict. What yeah. What is like, the basic thing that you like, learn in like English two writing? Like the. There has to be a, con- a conflict. Mm-hmm. There has to be growth. Mm-hmm. And there has but, to be like, the success. Yes. Like yeah. There's like, there's the same uh, like five things that happen in like every like plot line that you ever yeah. read about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that makes sense. But, I mean, is that is that, like, our natural instincts, or have we been taught to expect that? My biggest thing, how I see it, is I think I am an artist, but my biggest problem is that I'm insecure to create. So that's where my conflict is. I get that. And because of that, my biggest desire is to lead an average life. Because I there are days where I'm like, I wish I wasn't an artist. I wish I was a person who was like, you know what? Because when, when I get down to it, I'm really good at things that I set my mind to. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, what if I was just a person who wanted to have, like, a car dealership? <laughs> I would have started already. I would have had a good clientele, and I could sell the fuck out of some shit. But and you would be not, bored out of your mind. But if that... But if that was If that was your passion, but you're an artist, that's not your passion. And yes. So when I was... And that's one of the things where I'm learning is it's me trying to figure out do I want to see a relationship because I want this thing to be stable while the rest of my life is rocky or is it for a life that I'm aching for because I know that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing Hmm. but it's just a representation of me trying to be content and not actually have to take risks have to take chances not to have to create and just paint by the numbers. I'm telling you, this is your 20s. We just had this conversation earlier. We literally had this conversation <laughs> walking into your apartment Like, I'm building. trying to decide right now whether I want to apply for grad school or if I want to keep traveling. Because I'm like, okay, well... I don't like this. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah. it's so hard because you have the entire world telling you what you're supposed to do. And you feel good about yourself when you're doing what you're supposed to do. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, um, it's society's idea of succeeding doesn't mm. matter whether it's on a big scale or a small scale if you are doing what you're supposed to do and you're fitting yourself into the mold like you are succeeding in some format whereas if you are going off the grid and doing something that is like not typical like you feel good about yourself because you're not fitting in and that's also a form of succeeding it's it's just real difficult and it is and i didn't realize it until you said it this way but my sister is a person who paints by the numbers and when she can't paint by the numbers, she feels inadequate. So she knows what color mm-hmm. she needs to do. She knows what, what colors need to go to what numbers. But if she lost a crayon, if she can't figure it out, or if she yeah, did something, she would be different color. Or whatever, yeah. yeah, she feels incredibly upset. And like, this doesn't even matter. Yeah. It's not, re- and that's me, one, being rude, two, trying to pretend her things don't matter because it's not the same way that it reflects against me and what I think is important and what I hold important in my life. But she's very much one of those people that she isn't a creative... Well, she's creative, but not an artist, if I want to take it to those levels. But she's very much like, you need the car, you need the house, you need to have the stable job, the pension plan. You. She doesn't care about having the family. But it's very much like, if you have these things, you're on a good track. And that's the merits that she holds herself to. Mm-hmm. And not being able to get there hurts her and affects her and it makes her sad. And I've had to be there when she's sad and complaining. She's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, I know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how to get there. I don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm like, and then I'm 
part A immediate is like this doesn't matter. Why do you need to get there? Do things like, on who, your like, own terms. Who told you you needed to? Yeah, have that, right? right. And then part B is like, oh, you're a fucking idiot because you're not listening to yourself as you're doing it. And then part C is, but she's not living your life. Mm-hmm. You have to come to her on her level and say, either help her or help her just get out of the stupor and inspire her to start doing what she needs to do yeah and it is the saddest thing because no one is ever content everyone's always trying to figure it out and that's what growing is that's what being alive is yeah the last the last two years i have definitely been striving to just be happy Mm. will smith said happiness is a fucking mindset and it's so one of those things though because we're not we're in such a weird place in history Mm. where our parents brought us up to say if you work hard and you do well and you go to college the day that you graduate college you're still going to be in your gown someone's going to walk up to you and they're going to say hey i have this fantastic job for you and you're going to work at that job until you're 65 and they're going to give you a gold watch and you're going to retire and that's the end of your life and it's going to be settled and things don't work like that anymore Mm -hmm. and we're striving to be what our parents want us to be, but what they want us to be is now impossible. Boom. And so now, boom. I and it's one of those things because I did like I strive so hard. I feel like I'm living my life backwards because I felt like I needed to go to college. It was never an option. I was going to college. Yeah. It wasn't ever a question. And I went to college and I graduated college. And I got married and we moved because I didn't want to be in the same town my whole life. Mm-hmm. And we spent 10 years in Vegas and I hated it. And I didn't, I wasn't happy. And I tried so hard to reach for that perfect job to fulfill me. And it didn't happen. The whole 10 years, it was just awful job after awful job. And right now, the fact that where I am, where I am single, where I have a fantastic job, so fantastic that when I was faced with having to move and how awful that is, I literally got to throw money at a problem to fix it. And I've never had that before. And not that money equals happiness, but the my ability to have the freedom to do what I want to do. And I love my job. I love my job. It makes me happy. I can go to work every day and think, I've got to do all of this stuff on here to accomplish what's going to make this place great. Mm-hmm. And I never had that with any other job before. Every other job was, let's go punch it in and then wait until it's over. And it's so nice to be in this position. And I feel like everything's a balance in the sense that you're never going to have everything. Yes. Like, while I have this fantastic job and while I have this fantastic apartment, I'm not going to have a fantastic relationship because I can't have it all. Mm-hmm. And that's what this episode was all about. You can't. You can't have it all. There's no heaven without hell. There's got to be something that's kind of shitty. Some give and take. Yeah, there has to be some give and take. Or, like, there just, there just isn't. Nobody has it. Nobody has the perfect relationship and the perfect family and the perfect life. So I'll just have to strive to be happy. Every single part of this, I'm so in love with it. Will Smith <laughs> said, happiness mm-hmm. is a mindset. But until that you figure out what that means, you can hear it. You can hear it oh, all yeah, you want. Oh, yeah, definitely. Until it lands is when it 
but makes this the difference. is what I have been saying for years. Sometimes you have to spend time by yourself to figure that out. And it's, and it's not like in, like you, we were talking about, it's definitely not like self-love, for example, not a fast process. No, no, not at all. You can spend your entire life and like and still only make it to like sixty percent. Sometimes you just have to be satisfied that you have come such a long way from where you started. But that, that, that's the thing. Like, like mm-hmm. honestly, like, do you feel like this time, like alone, like especially after being in such a long committed relationship, like has taught you more about yourself than when you were with somebody? Yeah, absolutely. Because there's so much stuff. Because I literally went from being in college, living in my mom's house, getting married, living with my husband for years. And then these two years I've lived by myself. Mm-hmm. And again, I feel like I'm living my life backwards because now I'm moving in with a roommate. <laughs> um, so just like eventually I'm just going to be going back to kindergarten or something. I don't know. But like these two years by myself in this space, this space has been my space. Like I'm not kidding. I when I When I heard that I was going to be losing this apartment... I cried for three days straight. I would too. Like I went to work and sucked it up and did my job, came home, cried for three hours, went to bed. Mm-hmm. And like I've done I've I've done my my grieving and I've said goodbye to this place and I'm looking forward to a new adventure. And honestly, like in this really weird sense, like I'm looking forward to the companionship of a roommate. Mm-hmm. Because I did live by myself for so long and while it's really nice to come home and like make a cake in a cup and just fucking eat it and that's your dinner and nobody can tell you any different no one's gonna judge you is so freeing and so amazing like you know i could sit out on my porch until i freeze to death and look at the city i can you know do whatever i want to do and that's amazingly freeing and i'm not gonna lose that with a roommate but i'm also gonna gain the ability to be like, hey, when you come home tonight, let's just sit and watch a movie in our sweats and just have popcorn and just, like, hang out with each other. Just, like, it's... Because being alone is great, because I do think it teaches you a lot about yourself, but having... And it doesn't have to be a relationship. Companionship is mm-hmm. so that, nice. That's the balance. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. yeah, spend time with yourself, get to know yourself, figure out who you are, work on that relationship, talk to yourself. Mm-hmm. But also have... a introspective of other people Mm -hmm. have someone be like you have to learn and grow with someone else you have to figure this out oh well and it's just like oh what's character's name who just got sick in the in the episode samantha samantha Samantha. and i feel it's a prime example like you can have it all be independent and have this great life but you always need somebody Mm -hmm. because you need the balance you need to be able to take care of you which samantha has always done yeah samantha is a self-made woman she's very much i know what i'm about i know what i want i'm not afraid to get it or Mm -hmm. ask for it yeah and i'm taking care of me cool it's yeah. nice to have someone else. And it's not always a man. It's not always a uh, romantic relationship. It's companionship. It's yeah. companionship. It's and your parents. It's your siblings. It's yeah. your best friends. It's mm-hmm. a, not even a, a close friend. It's a person that you're like, you know what? I haven't seen you in a while. Let's talk. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny, though, is I think that might actually be the like the thing that was trying to be portrayed in that kind of whole situation in the show. It's not a choice. You need someone. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a romantic relationship it can be a fa- like a family member a friend whatever but like no matter how well off you are you need someone mm-hmm. I like that. which is i hate it and i love it i hate yeah, it like you, you it. hate Both it at the same time you don't want to need anything but at the same time like but we it's but so we good. are yeah. like we are pack animals humans yeah. are pack animals even the people like myself that are introverts 
like I still eventually need to speak with someone. Yeah, like you have to hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. That's that's just genetics, man. My dad's living the life that I thought I wanted because my dad is single. My dad only needs to take care of himself because at this point his kids are all adults and we can all take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. But my dad is living in his own apartment. He can do whatever he wants at any point. He is a delicious cook, so he can make himself whatever meals he wants. And he's still (laughs) just like, you know what makes me scared is the fact that I unfortunately separated myself from several people. Not because I was like, oh, I'm going to separate from you, but because my actions have led people away from me. Yeah. And the people that I hold closest to me, which are, which is me as me as Joe Daniel Montalongo, I'm a person who doesn't need to communicate with someone every single day. Yeah. And my dad's like, and if you're the closest person to me, you don't talk to me every single day. What if something happens to me now? Yeah. What if I have a heart attack and you don't call me tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Maybe you Days don't call me the next life. day because you're busy and right. that's fair. You're living your own life. Mm-hmm. And it's Friday. But yeah, but like, how long are you going to sit in your apartment until your cat eats you? Yeah. And he's like, you know, it's, it's, and I've, it never hit me until my dad told me I am lonely because I was like, oh, my dad's living a great life. My dad works for his own. He's doing whatever he wants. He had the money to buy a brand new bed straight out of the shop and it's the most comfortable bed ever. And then he painted the wall behind his bed. Beautiful. My dad's doing whatever he wants. And I'm like, that is what I want. I don't want to ask someone for permission. I don't want this. I don't want that. My dad's like, but you know what sucks? Mm-hmm. is the fact that I have all this and there is nobody lonely. there. Right. Are I you... am lonely. I can't talk to anybody when I'm feeling sad. I try to reach out to people and then some people are like, I don't have time right now. And which is fair because people have their own yeah. lives to leave. Right. But well, I and don't see, and that's what's people. really hard about relationships too is because I feel like I'm never going to get into another serious relationship ever again. Because you can't ever really be 100% there for somebody. You always have to look out for yourself. And I'm always yeah. worried that, like, I'm I'm never going to get to that point with anybody again where I fully trust them to be there for me. But that was my own problems and my own relationship, too. I mean, I'll never break up. I'm like, listen, if I ever start dating again, you have to listen to the entirety of this podcast so you can know where I stand and where I'm going to bow. <laughs> yeah, right. And you, you also need to know that challenge at the bar really, really yeah. high. Step your so game up. So if you up. can't <laughs> help me the way challenge helped me, mm-hmm. don't bother. No, it's already been decided. I'm doing it next to you guys. What? So it's already been decided. I'm donating my eggs to you guys. I have been cute. <laughs> me, me, me and Challen decided that. <laughs> you and Challen decided that. I don't know why. Uh, no, I mean, like, honestly, like, that's the life I want. The, the, here's the thing. The life your dad is living is exactly what I want, mm-hmm. but I want my friends there. Yeah. Because, like, and I've had this conversation with you guys, like, you, McKinley, and Nicole, I don't know how many times. Like, my, my problem is, is that everything that I would want out of a relationship like all of the perks of having a relationship besides sex obviously is like what I get from my friends I get like the emotional support and stability and I get like the just like unconditional like love and and like friendship and understanding and like open communication everything that I could possibly want out of my friends um but that's what's so unfortunate about it is that I shouldn't need all of that from them all the time right and so I, I like you know how like your that, that like your dad saying I have all this stuff but I'm lonely and it's true I do get lonely and I, I put that weight on my friends because who else do you put it on when you're not dating anybody mm-hmm. and it's so hard because like all of my friends are dating somebody and they they have that and I feel guilty because I'm like oh, I don't want to put this on you guys but who else do I put it on because it's human instinct you're gonna get you're gonna feel that way yeah mm-hmm. you're gonna want to put that baggage somewhere not that that's a bad thing and I don't want to have the negative connotations of the baggage 
but you need to be able to share that baggage with someone because yeah. that's going to help yeah. take the weight off of your soldiers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, I think, again, stuff that we have as artists. We need to be able to put that onto something. Yeah. You know, whether that's writing it out in a blog or in your journal or filming or making, something. Painting, or, filming, yeah, creating. Yeah. Or because like creating gets it off your shoulders. Yeah. Or getting out on a field and playing a game and like getting it out like anything that helps you. And I. I think that that, at its core, what you just said, is what the show is supposed to be about. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be about female friendships and supporting each other. And that's why I can't shit on the show. That's why I can't say I hate the show. Because watching it, it has brought this out. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm like, I don't like the characters. I don't like the writing. Yeah. But it is what they were trying to go for is important like at, trying at to its do, core yeah, yeah mm-hmm. at its core yeah, at it's its core, incredible it is, at its core it's trying so hard to pass the Bechdel test <laughs> it's not <laughs> Today but I it's a, trying I was writing something and I had in my head I think it was about the show well one of the characters was like you make it like it's your fucking mission to fail the Bechdel test no matter how good we're doing it is your fucking mission mm-hmm. to fail the Bechdel test <laughs> <laughs> yes but uh, it's just I like anyway it's so brave the fact that it's about four women mm-hmm. it has and they're they're beautiful women but they're not super models. but they're two dimensional yes they it does need some work this show needs work mm-hmm. <laughs> but at its time what it was accomplishing what it was doing brave. women yeah being independent being powerful talking about sex and relationships mm-hmm. fantastic yes good yeah. for y'all Hashtag it does get better. Hashtag it does get better. Yeah. <laughs> Not for everybody. Not for... I mean, this show. It gets a little better. <laughs> I mean, the movies are incredible. Movies I are- mean, they're not good. They're <laughs> yeah. They still... Again, it still came... This show came at a time where this was important. Yes. To do. And so I still appreciate that. Joe, where can they find us? They can find us <laughs> online at I couldn't help a podcast at gmail.com. That's our email. Mm-hmm. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at We Swear on Chanel. Perfect. Love it. Siobhan? Yo. Where can they find you? What do you want to plug? What's important to you that you need people to know about? Um, literally on every social media platform, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, my at name is O Siobhan. O H H S H I V A U N, and it's funny because when you tweet me, it sounds like it's part of the sentence. Oh, Siobhan, did you hear about this? Is that oh, what you Siobhan, did that? you're so stupid. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> why. So fucking funny. I love that's it. why Damn I picked it. it. And yeah. like, it's funny because you're such a bitch. I mean, and also because I do a lot of stuff. Um, I, I do a lot of stupid stuff in, like in real life, and people are always like, Ah, oh, Siobhan, yeah. Oh my god, that's my Twitter name. Don't wear it out. <laughs> Do you want to plug in your music? Do you want to pu- plug in your writing? Do you want to plug in your other podcast appearances? Um. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm on. Um. I just aired. Oh, well, I just like what guest starred. I don't even know how, how you say that. Yeah. On another podcast, um, that my musically inclined friends, um, just started. It is called We've Been Paying Attention. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. We've been paying attention. We'll link it in our show notes. Yeah, um, but you, it's on SoundCloud. They have not figured out um, the the magic of um, Apple Podcast yet. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get them on there because I like to listen to that while I walk. So yeah, SoundCloud's good. Yeah, of and also um, if you are interested at all, I do a little like singing or something along those lines on the side. Um, none of it's my own stuff, but if you look up Siobhan Landeros on. Spotify or Apple Music, a song will come up. It's by Treasy, T R E A Z Y. Um, and there's another one by City, which is spelled like City. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm like a 
I was just, a couple of those. I was trying to text you earlier. Can we please get Treasy and City to help us release a single? And I want you to do all the vocals for my hit single. I do it for the drama. <laughs> yeah. I have the rap first. Yes. Oh, shit. Yeah. Because one, I think you could sell it. Two, I'd be the queer Latino who everyone's like, oh my God, why is he just rapping? Why is he just... That's incredible. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I, don't... I think Cheesy could do it. Um, I think they would let us do it. I don't know if it's a good idea because at one time we tried to do Juicy by Biggie at karaoke. It was terrible. And black people almost booed us off stage. No. So We were in Arkansas. I don't even care. <laughs> I care. I didn't realize. Wait, there were black people in Arkansas? <laughs> Which is weird because when we first arrived, literally walking in the doors of this bar, mm. there was a white male on stage singing a song and said the N-word several times. What? I don't remember this. And that's why I was like, I remember it because I was like. 100% no. So we're in the South that white people are this brave. Okay. Oh no! I don't recall seeing any people of color at this bar besides me and Siobhan on stage singing "Juicy." I'm and white, and I would turn around and leave. <laughs> Be like, no. also, we were drinking a little bit, and because of different altitudes or whatever, I got drunk a lot faster. I mean, I'm really, I'm just bad at music to begin with, so I don't want it to be an excuse. It's just, I'm already bad at music, and then I got drunk faster than I thought I would. So I was like, I'm gonna try to do karaoke, and then it was not good. It was beautiful, but. Because they're producers, they can make me sound better. Um, that's true. City is really true. good at what he does. Please, let's get that happen. All right, I'll I'll, I'll give Shinman a message. Yeah, perfect. perfect. All right, me. What? What what, do you, what are you doing? What are you plugging? What's do you have any shows going on? Do you have a Twitter? Um, do you have a blog? Do you have right now? I am currently living my best life. Fuck yes, yes bitch. <laughs> And just getting ready to move and trying not to think about projects that I have available. Mm-hmm. So I will plug them later. Okay. So right now I'm like, I have something coming. I don't know. Right now, my my biggest thing is that my guy friend and I have decided that we are going to, once we get like a break from shows and stuff, we're going to do ballroom dancing lessons. So cute. Yes. He's like the perfect height. And so I love it. And we're going to do it. I love it. So that's it. I'm going. I'm taking ballroom dancing lessons. You can find me at some ballroom somewhere. I don't even know yet. <laughs> so yeah. So that that is our episode. We will be um, recapping episode eleven next time. We're going in order. It's nuts. Uh, <laughs> but until next time, remember always, always wear, wear a condom. condom. Bye. Bye. It's not stopping. It's not stopping. <laughs>